All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Glute Mania Bookstore Podcast. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? I'm all right, too. I'm all right. Good. All right. Everybody's all right. Yeah. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about single leg work, single leg exercises. Uh, we get a lot of questions about these, and uh, we have uh, some of them in our programs. We have tutorials and videos that you know people have... Uh, a lot of people have seen and used, yeah. and uh, they're they're a part of our our process. I this is something um, you know when I lived in Honolulu for a couple of years uh, between traveling and things, I you would go to a gym there called Tactical that I don't think is there anymore, but I would go two or three times a week, and uh, they specialized in training primarily with high school and college athletes mm. and a few pro athletes. That lived around there. Uh, there was a, a well-known pro UFC fighter that uh, worked out there. Uh, cool. Pretty much the entire uh, U of H football team. Wow. Um, uh, a lot of high school athletes. And the reason I bring it up is because uh, I, I was definitely not at the level of most of the people that I was working with there. Uh, I mean, there were there were uh, like there was a 16 year old girl that lifted more than I did on everything, for, for example, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, some very, very strong young athletes. But the reason I bring it up is because uh, they had kind of a, a stock warm up that they mm. had people do. You know, you go in and you do your warm up while you waited for them to be, you know, ready. I see. Yeah. And one of, uh, so one of the components was uh, you do like 30 pistols on each leg. With a box, so you know if you okay. weren't able okay. to go all the way down, um, and uh, you did some single leg balance work, cool. and uh, cool. so I think that this is you know just to illustrate that the importance you know these are people we think of like high level athletes. Oh, they probably do a lot of squatting. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, these guys they they always made sure that their athletes were doing a lot of single leg work uh, for a lot of good reasons that we're going to get into in a minute. So I, I think that sometimes people look at, you know, pistols and shrimp squats and single leg exercise. And I think, Oh, well, you know, that's, you know, that's, you know, some functional stuff. It's glorified PT, you know, it's it, real athletes don't really need to do that. And that's complete BS. Hmm. I think if you probably go to any high level training center in, in the country or even the world where, uh, high-level athletes are training, you'll see a lot of unilateral exercises. Yeah. And it's not something that is just uh, for party tricks. Right. Uh, it doesn't replace bilateral heavy work, but it is yeah. absolutely an important component of your training. And so let's get into talking about why it is so good. Yeah, and that's great. And, and again, you know, barbell squats, uh, heavy, heavy barbell squats, I think are great, especially if you're looking at building some very strong and big legs um those really gonna help you out and not just like a big leg yeah yeah, just one just one but uh of course you're looking at the core strength when you're doing all those things but the thing about single leg work that you already brought up is the fact that uh, you're also going to be looking at improving your balance um your coordination as well as mobility and mobility is a huge part of this as well um because Obviously, in order to do these particular movements, you have to have uh, the range of motion. And sometimes when you're looking at uh, 
weighted movement or where you're um, looking at, for example, just the squat in itself, you can kind of fake a little bit of some of the mobility, to be honest. But when it comes to the leg, you're going to find a, uh, deficiencies depending on uh, which leg you're working on. One leg is always going to be better than the other. And so by looking at improving that mobility as well as uh, you're going to be improving your ankle strength, uh, core stability, it's going to all carry over for the activities that you're going to be doing. Um, one big thing that I really like about single leg work and this came about especially I mean it's not that I didn't know about it or anything but especially after my ankle break what three years now it really really was something I had to work again on and that was actually being able to keep my body in line when I was performing movements and so Mm -hmm. it wasn't just the leg work it was my core and so after you know having to go through rehabilitation and after not being able to use my leg for so long, there was an imbalance of my body, not just in the leg, but in the core. And so by doing and focusing on these single leg uh, movements, it helped in getting my core stronger to be able to stay uh, facing forward or in any direction that I wanted to be uh, facing whenever I was performing these single leg squat. And the thing about this is because you're also looking at, you know, the smaller lateral muscles uh, within the legs that are necessary and you need to strengthen those as well. And once you work on that and then put them back into some of the other movements that you're working on, it's going to be stronger overall. And this is going to carry over into your running, your climbing, and really just walking everyday uh, movement, you know. So what are some other things? Um, I already mentioned the imbalances and places that are going to be helping out. Uh, You can strengthen those. We're going to strengthen flexibility and control. Um, The other thing that I just love about single leg work is that you can do it anywhere, like literally anywhere, and you don't need weights. Um, You can, of course, work up to the point where you can use weights, but uh, by sophisticating the movement, Uh, You're going to be getting stronger with the legs, uh, improving your balance, improving mobility, and I just think they're great. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about different kinds of single leg work. Um, Yeah, anything to add to that, Andy, before I get into it? No, I think that's really good. I mean, these are all important things, and I think as we discuss some of those specific exercises, uh, we'll also be talking about uh, some of the things that they're really good at developing and uh, some of the uses. And then later on, when we talk about uh, programming and troubleshooting, we'll probably also uh, cover a lot of the things that people have trouble with. So let's, let's get into, into exercises. Yeah, let's look at a couple of these movements. So first and foremost, you, you hear a lot about the pistol squat. And so this is kind of a staple uh, if you're in the body weight world and people want to work on their legs. Uh, I think pistols are great. Um, you know, I know that a lot of people have trouble with them. Uh, pistols are great to improve posterior uh, posterior chain. Um, it's also going to, of course, work on your core strength, balance. We already talked about that. thing about pistols, though, that is that I find that a lot of people have trouble uh, in the way that they work uh, due to balance and not having a particular mobility within um, their ankles as well as hip flexors. And what it does is it causes them to fall backwards. We're going to talk a little bit about how I like to modify it, modify that and train it um, so that you can actually uh, be able to work the pistol and get it in a way that's going to be safe uh, and not as frustrating as um, sometimes I see when people share progressions for that. So, Moving on, we also have the shrimp squat. Now, the shrimp squat is one of my favorite um, movements. And part of the reason for that is because 
working with a lot of people who are just coming into our world, uh, it's easier to find balance. Uh, you don't necessarily get as frustrated and you can also in the beginning, continue to work on your mobility in the ankles and go deeper and deeper into the shrimp squat. And there's a lot of modifications that you can use where you can continue to strengthen uh, not just the quads because uh, the shrimp squat is a quad dominant movement, but as well as well work on some variations that are going to help with the rear chain, uh, posterior chain, pardon me. And, um, you know, further help you for anything, whether it comes to jumping, uh, cutting side to side, or even just trying to get the shrimp squat. Um, and so these are two of the main movements that we see when we're talking about single leg strength. But I do want to talk a little bit about some of the other options out there that people sometimes don't even think about. And the first one would be scales, uh, front scale and the back scale. Now, this is a straight leg movement uh, where your base leg is completely locked out and your other leg is either bent or, you know, straight out in front of you or straight out behind you. This is really good um, for hip flexor strength as well as this straight leg strength we're talking about. And, you know, I don't really want to talk and say, okay, there's bent leg strength and there's straight straight leg strength. There's just leg strength. And so working on both of these and getting good at these are going to just help each other. And so that's why we always have scales uh, within GMB. I, I really love these. Again, this is something that I worked on a lot uh, after my ankle break. And simply just standing on one leg and locking out that leg just really, really taxes you know, your toes and the foot, the entire foot, uh, your ankles, as well as the knee. And, um, yeah, we'll talk a little bit later about some of the movements within that and how that can help. Uh, Andy. Yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's also just important to, to mention with these, you, know, you talk about locking out the knee. And I think this is one of those things where uh, that point just in itself is really, really underrated and underrecognized. Uh, a lot of people try scales and they say, oh, this is super easy. And they think they're locking out the leg. They think the leg is straight but it is not completely locked. And this is one of those things. We have a tutorial on uh, front scales and back scales on our website. You should absolutely check it out uh, if you're listening to this and practice these things. They're not just a balance exercise. Learning to lock that out and really uh, control that and hold that tension. Like Ryan said, all the way through your feet, toes, hip flexors. Uh, it's not just the prime movers of the legs that are getting worked. When you lock out the joint fully, you're actually taxing a lot more of these smaller muscles that don't get worked with some of these uh, more gross motor movement types of exercises. So don't neglect that part if you're doing scales. Don't leave, uh, don't leave fully locked exercises out of your training altogether. They shouldn't be the main thing you work on, but because most movements, uh, you do have your joints bent. That's just the way we are. But it's an important thing to be able to have a little bit of practice in. Yeah, and it always it always uh, makes me chuckle. Uh, we're in a seminar and we do scales and I walk around and I'm like, hey, lock your leg out. And they're like, it is locked out. And I'll take a picture and they're like, oh, it's not locked out. So uh, <laughs> if you do scales, yeah, uh, yeah it, it's it's another way of bringing better awareness uh, to what's going on in your body. And that's, and that's also why I love scales. Um, you know, again, I mentioned, you know, the balance and hip mobility. It's wonderful. Another example of a single leg movement, <clears throat> excuse me, um, 
more of an advanced movement, if you will. It's not that you can't practice this at a lower level, but dragon squats, uh, basically where uh, single leg, but you have your leg behind and you squat down as low as you can. The emphasis on the inner thigh, the glute, and the hips here is just crazy. Um, the only thing with this is that um, please don't rush into doing these. It can really, really place a lot of load on the uh, interior cruciate, so on the inside of the knee, and you just want to really be careful uh, in doing these. Again, uh, it's a matter of finding that balance, and it's also you're going to need a bit of flexibility to do that, as well as when we're talking about the pistol and, and you know the front scales as well. Always make sure that you are uh, working on your hamstring hamstring strength. Pardon me, hamstring flexibility as well uh, when you're doing these because that does come into play. And by the way, we're not going to be talking about uh, specific exercises for the hamstring in this particular podcast. We're just going to be looking at more of the uh, strength skills, if you will, uh, looking at the primary uh, squats that we like using. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, with all of these examples, uh, you know, it should, bears a mentioning too that we're talking about these single leg exercises but in in most of these cases like you mentioned you know caution for the dragon squat in most of these cases you should be uh you know practicing and and perfecting as much as possible the bilateral versions the two leg versions of these first you know for pistol squats you should have a you should be comfortable in a bodyweight squat you should be able to squat all the way down with a full range of motion uh and balance there for you know a few seconds and be able to then lift your weight back up. That sounds very simple, but you see a lot of people that can't even get into a full squat uh, with no weight and then saying, oh, well, I can't, I, I can't do pistols. Uh, and that's, yes, it's why would you think you'd be able to do this on one leg when you can't do it on two? It just doesn't make any sense. So, the bilateral versions for all of these should be considered, you know, not maybe not perfecting, but having some comfort with them and some practice under your belt in them should be considered prerequisites for working all of these. Dragon squats too. I know you call the the two leg version a peacock squat with the one leg behind and down, sort of like a, a twisted lunge, maybe if you're trying to imagine it. You know, this is straight out of uh, you know traditional. Uh, Okinawan and, and Chinese martial arts going back a long, long time. Uh, these are very valuable and they will help you be able to develop the strength and mobility you need to do the, the single leg version. So anyway, that's a long way to mention this, but we're, we're presupposing that you can do the two leg versions here. And if you can't, then maybe that's the thing that you need to be working on. Instead of saying, why can't I do a pistol? Well, it might not be the pistol is your problem. Right, right, right. And that's really a good kind of segue maybe into the next section where we want to talk about doing these particular movements. And so um, just like Andy said, you don't want to push yourself into a particular movement. Now, (laughs) There's a lot of different ways of coaching, and everyone has their own reason for doing the way that they do it. When I'm coaching, and when we're coaching here in GMB, we're first and foremost looking at safety. And when you're looking at single leg work, as I mentioned earlier, 
each leg is going to be different. And so you really need to take into consideration, can your knees, can your hips, can your ankles handle this load? Now, there's a couple of different meanings here. Like literally, like, do you have the strength to be able to lower yourself? Then looking at the flexibility, mobility, do you have that mobility to get into that particular position? And do you have that control, the balance to make sure that you can do it in a safe manner? And so first and foremost is assessing the situation. There's a little, I don't want to call it a flow, but progression that I like to look at when we're looking at particular movements. And that is you assess what's going on and then you use training wheels. And I'll explain this also in a different way uh, in a second. You use your training wheels and you focus on tempo, the speed, and then you modify that particular movement. And this isn't just for single leg work. This can also be like great example is the handstand. Okay. And so you assess the situation, what's going on with your wrists, your shoulders, and then you use training wheels and training wheels for the handstand would be working on the bail to make sure that you can cartwheel out of a handstand safely so that you don't crash. Uh, then you focus on the speed and making sure you're kicking up slowly into the handstand and then you modify depending on where you are in that particular movement. Same can be said with uh, single leg work where first first off, take a look. Okay, do you have that proper ankle mobility to be able to work on the shrimp squat, to work on the pistol? If not, hey, let's work on that. Doesn't mean that you can't work on the pistol or the shrimp, but just don't neglect that mobility side of things. The training wheels would be, in, in the case of the pistol, I like to work from bottom up rather than top down. So what I'll have a person do is actually just sit on the floor use their hands and walk into that pistol position, the bottom pistol position. Now, this is a great actual assessment to see if you have the necessary range of motion in your ankle to be able to do the movement. We also do this with the with the basic squats so where both feet are on the ground and you slowly shift your butt towards your heels using your hands to walk up into the squat. If you're having trouble getting into that bottom position, then that means you need to work on your mobility. So it would be silly to think that you're going to be able to do a full pistol squat if you don't have that range of motion. Right. By assessing that and understanding that you don't quite have that mobility just yet, then you know that you can work on variations of the pistol or the shrimp and do it in a way that's safe and so that you're actually not going into that full range of motion just yet until you actually have that full range of motion. So that's using training wheels is what I'm talking about. So um, again, the next portion then would be, well, I'll quickly go over this and then we'll go into um, the actual like uh, specifics of this, but tempo, don't rush. This is extremely important. If you were to just drop down into a pistol squat, and again, you don't have the mobility, you don't have the strength, well, there's a good chance you're going to get injured and or you're going to fall, which again can lead to an uh, injury. So that's why tempo is so important and making sure that you're going very slowly and taking note of what's going on through the movement. By doing that, the last thing comes into play and that's making modification for that particular leg. And so for example, while you might be able to do a higher level beginning portion of the shrimp squat, let's say by holding on your foot, you might not have the range of the motion at the bottom portion. So you might have to let go of your hand and end up possibly doing a modified lunge. And then once you get back past that range of motion from the bottom position, then you can start holding onto your uh, leg again 
to complete the shrimp. So that's what I mean by modifying each leg. Just because you start doing a particular variation of a movement doesn't mean you necessarily should stick with that movement if you can't do it safely. Right. And I mean, the thing that's important, uh, you know, like you mentioned, injuries and, and tempo again, I think that this is a pattern that is very, very common, especially when we're talking about pistols where uh, people come into this and they have uh, enough leg strength that they believe this should be easy for them. And they start doing the pistol and they get to a place where their mobility or their control starts to, to lack and they are not able to do it and they start to freak out, right? They start to go, oh, I'm losing my balance. What do I do? And they rely on speed to try to reverse course, right? Uh, this is something that happens very, very commonly. And when you are unbalanced and apply speed, that's usually a recipe for putting yourself in uh, an unsafe position. And so I, I've heard of a lot of people uh, have talked about, you know, that they've hurt themselves doing pistols. And to me, that's freaky ass weird because this is not an exercise that is really high risk. It's not something that you should hurt yourself with. And in most of these cases, it's turned out that they have gotten halfway down, tried to push out of it and ended up putting their body in a weird position, which is how they hurt themselves doing pistols. So this is another thing where the tempo is super important when you're feeling things out as an assessment. And especially if you get into an area where uh, you're, you are finding where your limit in terms of mobility is. Slowing down is the way that you build up your awareness of these things. And so if you are going slow enough and uh, you are able to feel that you are approaching a limit, you don't have to lose control of it before you're able to reverse, right? It's, it's mostly it's hubris where people believe that, oh, I'm so strong. There's, I can body, I can squat, you know, four times my body weight. There's no way a pistol is going to be hard for me. And yeah, you've got all the strength you need in those legs, but maybe not something else. Uh, and that's where you get into trouble. So anyway, that, that's another thing I wanted to point out. You know, these are not really high risk movements, but they uh, shouldn't be. Yeah, they, they shouldn't, shouldn't be, be if yeah. you are approaching them correctly. Yeah. And that's again why, you know, I mentioned before looking at these training wheels and um, using particular progressions that are going to allow you to strengthen your legs while you're working on improving the flexibility and mobility with control. And so that's why I like to do bottom up training. Um, not just for the pistol, but also the shrimp squat. The shrimp squat is is a way that you can do this as well. We're looking at the pistol. I've already mentioned this before, but simply just sitting on the ground and, you know, placing one leg straight out in front of you, tucking the other leg with your heel as close to your butt as possible, and then using your hands to get into that position and just make sure you can, you know, safely get in that position. And then from there, you can start working. I also like to work on rolling back and then back into the pistol squat. Uh, reason for that is also it works as a bail. And so as you get better with the pistol squat, and you start to lower yourself down. If there's ever a time where you feel that you need, you know, or you lose your balance, then you can simply roll backwards rather than trying to put yourself in some awkward position and possibly blowing out your knee, heaven forbid. Um, shrimp, likewise, uh, the shrimp squat, the roll is fine. But to be honest with the shrimp, really uh, starting from the bottom in a very, very deep lunge and just leaning forward 
you know, this is looking at improving uh, ankle mobility. That's a great ankle it's, exercise. It's, yeah, exactly. And this is exactly, I use this so much to get my leg strength back um, before doing any sort of, uh, any other really squat, to be honest. This is mainly what I worked on um, because when I was doing a standard body weight squat with both of my feet, I could fake it on one side. And so this actually forced me uh, to spend a good chunk of time uh, working on the proper position, loading that position in a way that was safe for me, and then gradually working on, um, you know, working through those progressions. So um, you are going to have one leg that is weaker than the other, or you're going to have mobility issues. And the thing about that is it might be that way forever. Sorry, just going to say that. And, you know, you can work on it and you can always get better. But the thing is, you're never really going to be 100% balanced on both sides. And that's just a fact of life. And for everything that we do, just understand that if you do have a, a grave deficiency in terms of there's a huge imbalance, then that is something that you do need to step aside, figure out one, what's going on with that imbalance, and then work on trying to shore that up. So having a huge, huge gap uh, is not a good thing. But you know, a slight gap, you're, everyone's going to have that. Yeah, and don't let it stop you. Don't let it yeah, stop you. Yeah. We hear a lot of people are like, oh, I'm worried about these imbalances. Yes. And, you know, you've made it this far in your life. Uh, it, it's probably not helping you, but it won't really, it, it doesn't have to stop you. It's a yes. thing to be aware of and to work on. Yes. And let me give an example. And so I mentioned before when I broke my ankle and I, you know, coming back to do the shrimp squats. My ankle is not 100% and it's never going to be. And I, I'm well, I mean, it's like 90 piece. It's like 90. Yeah, bones it was shattered of like yeah. 10 now. Right? Exactly. It was completely <laughs> shattered. And so actually my right leg is a little shorter now than my left leg. And the mobility in my ankle is just not there. And it might get better over, over the years. I hope it will, but I understand it's not. So this is how I actually train my shrimp squats. On my when I'm standing on my left leg, I can hold on to my right foot and I can do a deep, deep shrimp squat. So basically what I can do is I can stand on a stool or a bench and I can drop my knee slowly below the bench with my left foot and the and the heel still on the bench without raising my heel up at all. And I can right. stand right back up. Can't do that on my right foot because that was the uh, ankle that I broke. So the other thing with that too is that I still have trouble when I'm in the deepest part of my shrimp squat on my right foot where I fall backwards. So what I'll have to do is either really extend my left arm further or lightly hold on to something and in order to do that. And that's perfectly fine. And I'm happy with that. And the reason why is because I know that I'm still working on you know, range of motion, I'm still being able to do the movement, but I'm not compromising this and just trying to just get into that position because I think that I right. should be able to do it on my right side because I'm doing it on my left side. No, that's fine. And what and, you should be able to do matters like jack shit. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's you what know? you can do. And that's what's the most important thing. And so that's really what I'm getting at. And so um, I kind of gave a little example of this earlier, but um you can make modifications to 
the particular movement during the movement in order to continue working on getting stronger, improving that flexibility and the mobility and the control. And so here's an example of what I do a lot on my right leg when I'm doing my doing my shrimp squat. I'll start off and I'll hold on to my foot and back and really, really hold it and make sure that the position is good and go as deep as I can in this position. When I start to feel my heel come up off of the ground, then I'll let go with my hand, continue with the movement a little bit lower because I know if I let go, I'm going to be able to keep my heel down and go deeper into that position. And then once I get to the point where I start to feel like I, I, my heel is going to come up again, that's when I use my hand to grab a hold of, in my case, the squat rack and make sure that I don't fall backwards. That allows me to go even deeper, but I'm going very slow. And then I just reverse the process as I go back up. If I were to go really quickly, just drop down into that squat, I would miss out on being able to do that. And I would lose that connection in terms of what is going on in my body, and I'm actually not gonna be helping myself. So that's why I always suggest going as slow as possible when doing this. There are some different variations you can do. For example, uh, looking at lowering yourself very slow and then explode out of the bottom position. That's when we're looking at power, some other different examples. But what I'm saying is if you do have an issue, there you always have the option of making these slight adjustments as long as you're going slow and you're aware of what you need in that particular point of that position. So don't rush through things is basically what I'm trying to say. In range, always try and find your in range. Another example is in my pistol squat. Um, because of my ankle surgery, um, I actually, my knee, I have an issue with my knee sometimes. And so I actually don't go to the very bottom of my pistol squat on my right knee. The reason why is because it hurts it. And so uh, instead of doing that, I go just before the in range. I know that. And then I come out of it uh, and do it in a safe manner. So I'm always aware of what's going on. I look at what I need. And in order to further strengthen my knee, I actually use a different movement for that rather than just thinking that I'm just going to stick with a pistol squat and just bear with it and try and use that in order to fix everything. So use a proper tool for whatever task you need to uh, work on, but also understand that you should have the ability to stop and hang out in any position. And if you can do that with control, that's how you keep from injuring yourself. And that's also how you get stronger and you know improve your mobility as well as your control. Right. And so you mentioned uh, you know explosive movements. I think this is a good thing to to bring up too, because we get questions on this pretty frequently from people that have built up a good amount of strength and they can do shrimps and they can do pistols pretty well. They can knock out, you know, like, you know, 10 pistols on their weak side, maybe. Great. That is wonderful. Uh, and so people then ask us, well, you know, what comes next? Should I be doing, you know, explosive movements on these single legs? Should I be doing explosive pistols? And you know, Ryan's laughing, but, uh, we get this question a lot. I see this question on, on the Reddits, on the internets. Uh, people ask this on our YouTube tutorials. And the answer is really that you're trying to fit a, a square peg into a round hole here. Pistols are a very complex exercise. Shrimp squats are also a very complex exercise. Dragon squats, more complex. Um, 
you don't want to add speed and power to very complex movements. There are way, way better ways to build explosiveness uh, in your legs than trying to add speed to a complicated movement. Um, if you're looking for you know explosive movements, always just like with the squats, begin with bilateral movements. Begin with two leg jumps, broad jumps, very low risk, very high potential for reward. Uh, after quite a while of practicing that kind of thing, you can move on to you know things like depth jumps and that sort of deal. If you do a lot of single leg movements and you need to build strength explosively for that, that's where you've got uh, explosive step ups, right? You've got skipping, you have lateral jumps and bounds and all kinds of things, but don't try to force this ideal of, well, I want to be explosive, so I should just do pistols faster. That is, this is improper exercise selection for your goal is what that amounts to. And there are just way better things you could be doing. So uh, yeah, PSA right there. Uh, that's the key with a lot of this stuff is just because pistols are like the main gateway drug for body weight leg strength doesn't mean that they're the thing everything else has to be based on. Uh, we have an article on our site of uh, nine different uh, advanced body weight leg exercises, nine different things. I bet there's at least three of them you have not thought of before. Uh, and these are templates. They're not really an exhaustive list. Uh, so check out that video and that tutorial if you're looking for the next thing to do. Uh, just because we're focusing on pistols and uh, shrimps in these examples, that's because those are the most familiar, but it doesn't mean that that's what we recommend staying with forever. Uh, so use these, we're, we're using these as examples because most people have done them, but use these uh, pointers and tips uh, as ways to you know, apply to all the other different variations you can do too. Cool. So let's talk quickly about programming. And so the thing about this is that I like to look at doing lower numbers in terms of repetitions. So low reps, but at a very high level of difficulty. And I want to make sure that you understand that when I say high level of difficulty, it doesn't mean I'm saying like high difficulty in terms of like the most advanced movement. I'm talking about in terms of you, what's really difficult for you. And that's the most important thing is what's going to be difficult for you is going to be difficult or is going to be different from me and Andy. And so focus on doing these low numbers, but do them as slowly as possible. By doing that, again, it's going to bring back the fact that you're not only going to be strengthening your legs, you're also going to be working on your mobility and especially your control. And that is huge. By slowing things down, your balance is going to be off. And that's a good thing because you're always going to be fighting. The fact that you're fighting for balance means that you're strengthening everything from your toes all the way to your core. Right. By if the it's way, it's not hard. It's not training. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing, right? It's oh, these are so easy. Well, <laughs> let's find right. something that's more difficult for you. So, um, I do like to train uh, single leg movements without shoes on. A reason yeah. for that is because I can grip the ground with my toes, and I think that's very important because again, when we talk about leg strength, we're not just talking about the quads. We're not just talking about the glutes. We're talking about every single muscle in your lower body. That's what we're after. Everything is going to be working together in order to get stronger. So again, lower numbers, but at a high level of difficulty for yourself, making sure that you're focusing on form. And the way you do that again is by going very slow. 
making adjustments to the particular pistol or shrimp squat and um, do that in a way that's going to be beneficial to you. That's the most important thing. Now, if you're looking in later, and that's looking at maybe the practice portion of it, but it's also going to be considered a workout, okay? Just because you're practicing a movement doesn't mean that it's, it's going to be easy peasy. And so by working at the highest level you can, that could actually be your workout for the day. But if you feel that you need more leg work, that's when you can drop the movement down, look at some bilateral squats, you know, body weight squats, um, you know, jumps, broad jumps, other things that can be used for your push portion of your workout, if you will, that you can do as a finisher or something like that. When you're looking at single leg work, first and foremost, look at it as first practicing the particular movement and getting really, really good at doing that particular movement. Now, how many times a week should you be doing this? Well, that really depends on what you're doing. In my case right now, when I'm doing these particular high level movements, if you will, of the pistols and the shrimps and where I'm you know, standing on a bench and, you know, letting my leg go below the bench and doing these type of heavy leg movements, if you will. I only do those once a week. But the other thing to take into consideration is the fact that I'm also doing locomotion. There's other uh, leg movements that I'm doing. So it's not that I'm not training my legs. It's that I'm training the particular skill of being able to do pistols and shrimps better and strengthening my legs once a week. And when I do that, I hit it really, really hard. Other options, of course, um, if you're doing a full body workout, then you can, let's say you're doing uh, integral strength, then you might be doing them three times a week. But again, it's all going to be dependent upon what you need and uh, looking at your other activities in your life. I tend to encourage everyone to do less and focus more on your activities. I don't want you to do more GMB. I want you to use GMB in a way that's going to allow you to be able to, you know, perform your activities and enjoy your activities better. So to me, less is more. You're right. We're probably the only fitness company on the planet that wants you to do less of our stuff (laughs) and more of free individual or team activities outside the gym. We're also probably the only fitness company that doesn't want you to have a subscription and doesn't want you to continue buying our products forever. That's right. We want you to use our stuff and then go do real shit. Not have to use it. Yeah, that would be be awesome, right? Uh, Another thing, though, that I really do like to use, um, and I do this, to be honest, with pretty much all of my movements uh, when I'm training my movements, and that's drop sets. And so what I'll do is I'll do the hardest movement that I can, and then I will immediately do the previous variation or you know the regression of that movement and continue doing that in order to get in volume and so that is something if you haven't done uh with body weight exercises can be great um you know the other thing too and we don't talk a whole lot about this but if you're looking at like also hypertrophy um not just hypertrophy but also strength depending on what you're doing so for example finishing up um by using a drop set in the last set that you do And really just keep going. So like, let's say that you're doing a full shrimp squat, then, you know, as soon as you can't do those anymore, then immediately you let go of your leg and you keep going. Then you immediately go down, you end up doing lunges and then, you know, to the point where you just really can't even do anything. And then the next day you can't walk, but, um, you you know, drop sets are great. 
Yeah. And uh, these are these are things that I use, for example, when I'm working on a front lever is a great example of where I'll do the front lever at the, the highest level that I can. I'm using, actually, I did this yesterday. And we're at the highest level I can. I couldn't do it anymore. So then I would drop and do like a straddle front lever and then immediately go in and eventually get to a tuck front lever and could barely hold it because I was just so exhausted after that. But that's another way that you can look at getting really good at a particular movement, getting a lot of volume um, over time. So anyway, the most important thing though, work at a level that is good for you and making changes where necessary. No matter what you do, always bring awareness back into your body, making sure that you're, sounds funny, but being true to yourself. And that's the most important thing because you don't want to just try something that you think you might not be ready for. You want to make sure that you are good and ready for that. The way to do that is practice a particular skill, go slow, make sure that you have the proper strength and mobility and control to be able to do that and work at a pace that's good for you. So, absolutely, um, yeah. A lot of stuff we talked about today, yeah. but uh, yeah, we love you know single leg work here in GMB. Uh, Andy, you mentioned broad jumps, and those are other uh, leg oriented movements that we absolutely love. Uh, for us, it really comes back to like what movements can we use for the particular activities that we want to be doing. Again, it's yeah. not about doing more of particular movements here in GMB. It's about using the proper movements that are going to be good for us to help us with our activities. And, you know, getting strong, working on our mobility, working on that control. And what else do we talk about? Understand each leg is going to be different. Lower reps, done slowly. Build that foundation. And, um, yeah, what else? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, about that's it. mostly it. I do those things. And, you know, if you, if you find that uh, an exercise isn't a good fit for you, uh, that's fine. You don't have to do it. You know, uh, we get a lot of people worrying about things like, oh, well, you know, I read that some people's hip joints won't allow them. Cool. Don't. Or, you know, uh, my glutes aren't firing. They might not be, you know, but what matters is not like putting, putting like, a like, you know, measuring how much electricity, electric impulse your glute muscles are putting out. That doesn't matter. What matters is learning to do the movements that are important for you, right? So do the movement at the level that works for you. Practice the movement. Either you'll get better at it or you'll find that you have a true limit. And in either case, you know more now from doing the movement than you did when you were just guessing a bunch of shit based off random stuff you read on the internet. You know, so you know, doing the work is really, really, really key. So uh, last bit. Let's, let's talk about one, one quick secret technique that everyone can apply right now. You know, there's so many things that we talk about and all of these, you know, all of these random things on the internet that everyone says are really important, but some of the most important stuff is also some of the simplest. I spend a lot of time holding my phone, typing on a keyboard, uh, pressing buttons mindlessly on the remote control. Actually, I don't do that because I don't watch TV, but... So, Ryan, what, what should we do? So this was especially for you, Andy, because of what you wrote to me the other day yep. um, with your hands. and that My is, chronic masturbation problem. Yes, that's, you know, it's in just one in your right hand only, right? But uh, make sure that you stretch out your hands and your fingers every single day. And what I mean by that is it can simply be a matter of like 
just opening up your hand and splaying your fingers as widely as possible. And using um, the word splay, splay at every appropriate opportunity. That's right. That's my favorite word. <laughs> but uh, stretch your, you know, look at your hands and your fingers. This is something that a lot of people neglect. And um, with all of us being on the computer and our stupid smartphones all the time, I think this is something that we can all benefit from. So stretch it. that. Splay them. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right. Get splayed, people.